Welcome to the Full Circle Podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm so excited about this episode because I'm in conversation with Dion Aitken, who is a senior leader, CMO, so Chief Marketing Officer of a global organization. We talk about all things leadership from being female, from being a mother, to being black, to having a really interesting career, but also more to the point about how Dion has navigated herself through some of those challenging moments as she's progressed to be the leader that she is today. So if you're interested in leadership, then come and join into this conversation because I'm sure it's gonna be exactly what you need to give you the confidence and learn how to empower yourself as a female leader. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Dion, welcome to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm so glad you're here because I know we're going to have an awesome conversation around female leadership and how we can lead in the best way for our people. Indeed. And thank you so much for inviting me. Really, really pleased to be here today. Mm, I'm really glad that you're here. So, um, so I've known you, obviously I've worked as your coach in the past, but funny enough, we've never met face to face. And this is the first time that we're meeting in person. So it's absolutely, I'm thrilled actually that you've agreed to come Likewise. and chat with me today. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to hand it over to you and I'd love you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and tell us more about you. Sure. So Dion, I'm a mother to an amazing 15 year old daughter. I'm a sister a daughter, a friend, a mentor, but also professionally I'm a CMO, so a chief marketing officer for a leading global organization. A large leading global <laughs> organization. I think you might have dumbed that down <laughs> just a little bit. So we're talking today all around leadership and female leadership in particular. And I think more than anything, I'd be keen to explore with you around a little bit more around your journey and you know, how you've got to this position in terms of CMO and kind of maybe some of the lessons that you've learned along the way so that our listeners can hopefully learn from your experiences and maybe take some great tips and advice from you as well. Sure. So I guess in terms of my journey, I've wanted to empower other women. And so it wasn't necessarily by design that I ended up in a leadership position, but I just wanted to ensure that I'd walked the walk mm -hmm. before I could help others. And so I've held a leadership position for around eight years now. And along the way, I've had lots of help. So I've enlisted you know, great coaches such as yourself. I've also invested in my own development as well, because quite often it's easy to be blindsided and not it's not easy to see your blind spots. Yeah. And so, you know, having um, those people that have been on the journey and can highlight those for you mm -hmm. has been invaluable for me. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because I know that, yeah, I've worked as your coach, but before that, you'd already invested already in your development. And we can maybe talk about that a little bit later because I know that's one of the things that you really feel quite strongly about that as a leader, it's very important to invest in your own personal and professional development. So tell me, so let's kind of rewind a little bit. So um, you said that you never really thought about being in a leadership role, but you are here. So, so tell me a little bit about how you got to the leadership role and a little bit more about your past career that's led you to where you are today. I started out as a marketing assistant working in broadcast and climbed the ladder from 
thereon. So held a number of um, marketing manager positions, global marketing manager positions, um, then on to um, European director, global marketing director, and on to CMO. So it really has been a case of um, yeah, climbing in the ladder through various different organizations, but also being promoted uh, within some organizations too. And I say that I hadn't set out to be a leader, but I think that there are some codes that I kind of collected along the way. So you mean kind of like things implanted in the brain? Yes, <laughs> Tell <me> absolutely. More. <laughs> um, so growing up, my granddad would always say to me, you know, be a leader, mm. not a follower. Oh, interesting. Um, mm. And so that was one of them. And then I put myself or I raised my hand in lots of different scenarios. So for example, um, as a sea cadet in my youth, I would lead physical education groups. Mm. So I'd be the PT instructor, like, you know, leading a group of 30 plus. And that would also be the same when it came to like orienteering. I'd raise my hand and say, you know, mm. I'll, I'll put myself out there. So professionally and personally, I guess it's been about growth mm. for me. Mm. So the process of growing and self-development. And interesting that your granddad said that to you. How old was you? Can you remember when he oh, said it to you? Oh, I would you? have been, yeah, really small. Yeah, so those kind of, some of those kind of um, messages do get kind of implanted, don't they, there in the brain. And I don't know, when you reflect back now, do you think that was true, what he said? I do. Um, in addition to that, he used to say, you know, you're the firstborn. So I was the first in the family, mm -hmm. the first grandchild, the first child, like I'm the eldest of three and have like a huge extended family. And he'd say, you know, you need to set an example. So it's like no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been those types of conversations, mm. um, I guess that are there subconsciously. So tell me, being a leader today, what's it like? I love it. Yeah? Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. Um, I'm blessed with an amazing team who are high performing, they're brilliant individuals. And as we come together collectively, it's just, yeah, I, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And I really, really care about my team. And actually, before I came on this podcast, I thought, I'm sure Gillian's going to ask me a few questions around, you know, what makes a good leader. Yep. But I think it's important for the team to play that back mm -hmm. and for it not to be, you know, what I think, but actually how they're experiencing me. Because it's interesting because I do a lot of leadership work as well with my clients and I know, and I know you share the same thought process, but leadership has changed, hasn't it, quite a lot. And, and I don't want to kind of teach our audience to suck eggs, but I think realistically, you know, going from when I first started out, when I might, I think, <laughs> remember back to my first job, being very much dictated to and told what to do is very kind of that kind of autocratic type leadership to where we are now which is very very different and I, I wondered have you seen that journey as well I mean you're not certainly not as old as me but you know have you seen that journey from that type of old-fashioned leadership to and, and really what's the difference now I have um as you said you know the, the autocratic style the real delegating mm -hmm. micromanaging um and actually there was one period where I had four different leaders in the space of a year. And the beauty of that meant that I was able to experience yeah. the different mm -hmm. styles. And so where we are now is, in my experience, completely 
different to, you know, when I started out my career, not long after you actually. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the attributes um, right now are a lot more to do with um, authenticity yeah. and empathy and vulnerability. Um, mm. Showcasing those I think is, you know, really important. But also I like to think that I don't lead in the same way all of the time everyone has different needs yeah and so i know that you and i spoke about situational leadership yeah. which isn't again it's you know somewhat of an old kind of yeah. style but coaching delegating supporting you know they all have their place and absolutely yeah it's interesting because i was funny enough i was doing a workshop last week with a bunch of leaders and that's one of the things that we talked about was around situational leadership and i think it's interesting because there is that big piece, isn't there, that, you know, when, you know, when you're up against it, shit hits the fan, so mm -hmm. to speak, you know, you, you have to do that directing. It's very kind of command and control. And, and I know that we definitely, you know, we are moving away from that a lot. As you said, it's more about empathy, vulnerability, really seeing the whole person yes. when you're communicating with them and, and, and investing in people in a different way and having different kind of conversations. But yet there are times when we do have to be, directive there are times when actually we just need to tell because actually that's required in that moment but with that situational leadership model you have all those different hats as you said which is the supporting there's the coaching there's the the delegating so tell me how do you know what hat to wear at what time what's your process frequent conversations so um ongoing one-to-ones really understanding where my team are at and what they need of me in that moment um, and I'm fortunate to have those that sit in all of those boxes, which allows me to wear those four different hats yeah. as well. So it's really about um, communication, ongoing communication as well, and being present and available as well, which of course isn't always easy, Absolutely. but knowing that if I'm needed, I can reschedule things and, and be there in the mm -hmm. moment. And I feel that my team know that I'm there. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that sense of being in the moment and being available is quite tricky mm -hmm. because you've got you, you've got your job as well as also yes. leading and managing the team. So I'm curious around because not only obviously are you a leader, you are also a mum. I am, which is quite difficult to juggle sometimes um, in terms of that balance between work and family life. So curious around how do you get that right for you? How, how what do you do to make that work? It hasn't always been easy, mm. I have to be honest. Um, when my daughter was really young, it was tough, but I was really fortunate to have, and still am, a strong network yeah. of family and friends, particularly my mum. So, you know, my role um, for a while has meant that I've needed to travel yeah. quite a bit, um, international travel. And so she's been there to support me, which is great. And I also had, um, like really, really good. Um, so at my daughter's nursery, the wraparound care and the people that were there were really like family. And so just having, knowing that that comfort was there, but the balance between work and home life wasn't easy at all. Yeah. And I think that perception of, you know, I'd be the first one in the office. So I'd do the nursery drop off, get to the office, yeah. start work. And I'd leave 30 minutes early to get back to the nursery. Yeah. But what people saw was that I was leaving early. They didn't necessarily see that I was the Getting first one in the office. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, it's got easier over time. Yeah. But 
I don't think that there is such thing as work-life balance. I think right now it's about work-life integration. And nice. my daughter's grown up knowing nothing different. So she's just great. And she understands. Yeah, I mean, my son's now 20, but, you know, he, you know, I've always worked, you know, from, from him being about, well, about four months old, I think I, I went back to work because I needed to. I, I didn't have that luxury of not not being able to work, you know. And so I think, and, and when I look back in my career, I was in HR and I was I was also a leader within HR. And, and there was a... Th- you know, there is a lot of responsibility, right? And I think there's also that fact that, I don't know about you, but certainly I felt that I needed to work extra hard somehow if I needed to leave a little bit earlier or if Dylan was sick, you know, then you you would absolutely go out of your way to show people that you were still worthy. I'm talking about myself here, but still worthy of having the job and the position that I, I had. And tell me, tell me a little bit more about that for you. From My experience was exactly the same and being an overachiever, as well yeah. it's a surefire way to burn out absolutely I, i'm fortunate that i haven't experienced that but as you say you know really working to prove because there are other factors as well you know in the background in terms of in my experience uh-huh. i was the source of income uh-huh. and the breadwinner uh-huh. i think the difference is right now being fear driven versus that not being the case yeah so that completely resonates with me and my experience too. I mean, I think, I think as I've gone through life, and obviously now when you're older, you become, seem to, for some reason, seem to become a lot wiser. Um, but I think for me, you kind of, you do lose that fear or the worry of the what if. You just get a bit more comfortable in your own skin um, as you get more comfortable in the, the roles that you, you know, you, you, you have and so forth. But I'm, I'm curious around that vulnerability piece because I suppose when we think about maybe when we were dealing with some of those challenges around childcare and stuff that you do feel vulnerable, but it's vulnerable in a different way because it's vulnerable driven by fear, not necessarily vulnerable because you're giving something of yourself. So tell me about some of these new leadership qualities that I know your organization is, is keen for people to display, but also the things that you feel are very true to you. And I know that showing up as your true self is really important to you. So tell me about that vulnerability and that empathy and, and how you do show up as your true self as a leader. It's one of the values that I discuss frequently with the team is around family first. And so this notion of being the leader that I wish that I'd always wanted or that I wish that I'd always had rather. And so when I think back to those early days of you know, being a new parent and not having to hide the fact that I had a daughter, yeah. but you know, there were some instances where it wasn't easy to go out after work. And so that could be misconstrued as not being sociable. That's just one example. But I've worked really hard to ensure that my team feel safe mm. being parents and that they're able to say, you know, my child's sick or I've got an assembly coming up or whatever it might yeah. be and know that it will be met with you know, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. Then in terms of vulnerability, yeah, just sharing my story as well. We're human, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that often some leaders feel, or some people put leaders on a pedestal. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely don't want that to be the case for me and my team. Mm -hmm. And so at work, yes, definitely bringing out full selves to work, I think it's really important to be inclusive and create an environment where people feel safe. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. 
I think that's very important. And, and you know, when you think about that inclusivity, because I know you've been involved at work with being involved in the diversity and inclusion piece. You know, you are a woman of color who is a female, you know, who is a leader. And so I'm curious around how do you navigate all of that in a world that actually wants results like immediately, is still focused on people and people growth, but I know it's not easy to navigate a big global organization and 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 again, as we said, remain steady and true to, to who you are. So what have the challenges been for you? Good question. There definitely is a glass ceiling and there was a, a moment in time where I was thinking, you know, I'm doing all of the things, but I still feel that I can't break past that or yeah. beyond that. And so for me personally, it meant leaving a job that I loved so that I could continue to progress. In my view, a leader isn't necessarily someone that has that in their title. You know, there are many leaders that may not be on exec boards, Mm -hmm. for example. But yeah, it's not, it it hasn't been easy, but I've enjoyed, you know, the process for sure. So tell me about some of those, because I, I, I'm a firm believer that in some of those sticky moments, the tricky times when things aren't as easy, some, you know, in a way, sometimes that can be a real gift because you grow, you learn, you become more aware of who you are and what you're all about. And I'm curious, you know, through some of those sticky moments, what, what qualities did you need to draw down on to help, I suppose, help you overcome some of those challenges? Self-belief, for sure. Mm. Trusting in yourself is you know super super important because it's easy to get disheartened um remaining true to who you are but i also had um many blessings along the way so i've had um bosses who have been male actually for the most part we can get on to that in a minute (laughs) who when i was stepping up into like more senior positions you know, agreed to invest in my progress. And so doing lots of different psychometric tests, I really value those. So the likes of Myers-Briggs, again, just to be able to see how you're perceived and how you show up in the world. And so, yeah, lots of belief from my managers. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, at times when things haven't gone as well or as quickly as I'd like them to just going and you know reading books self-development growth is a staple for me um and so going on you know various courses self-invested I'm a huge advocate for investing in your own development to just really get a sense of you know, what is it that I actually want in this moment? Mm. Because sometimes we operate from an outdated blueprint that isn't actually what what we want in that moment. And so just being able to recalibrate and reassess. Mm. And it feels that it's interesting, that kind of outdated blueprint. So, and that reevaluation and and to, to reassess. So it feels to me that actually throughout those, challenging times or even none but in your career there's been moments where you've paused mm-hmm. you've taken that breath yeah. and that's when you've recalibrated and you've maybe reset or reassessed where you are and what you wanted but it feels to me that question is is understanding 
what is it what is it that you actually want and so so for for, for those who are in a leadership role or for those who are wanting to move into female leadership or just leadership as a whole you you know what advice would you give them around understanding what it is that they want the self-investment yeah for sure and also speaking to those individuals who have achieved what it is mm. that you would like to set out to achieve raising your hand asking for support by way of a coach or yeah. a mentor yeah. and I think what's really important is sponsorship mm. and so having someone that will advocate for you in rooms that you don't necessarily have access to yeah. and it's interesting because you know that sense of sponsorship feels really important because as you said you've had leaders and managers who've supported you in in your growth and development but you mentioned before and you smiled about male leaders I'll come to that so tell me what you were thinking about when you were talking about that what I was thinking that. is that you know if we look at the FTSE 500 yep. for example there are 47 female CEOs two of whom are black and so as a percentage that's 9.4% women yeah and 0.04% black female CEOs and then if we move to the FTSE 100 there are nine female CEOs and zero black women okay. yeah and so that is a problem but it's so easy for us to say you know gender parity and yeah let's uplift each other and, and point the blame and say, you know, we're not moving fast enough or, you know, men need to join us on the journey. But oftentimes I think that there's a conversation to be had around women supporting women. Yeah. And so when I smiled about my previous managers, who for the most part have been male, mm -hmm. although two I've had who have been female, it was a different type of dynamic and support and so that in part has also played a role in me wanting to advocate and uplift yeah. women and I agree with that I think it's so important because you know when I look back you know over my career to up until setting up my own business I would say that I don't think I got a lot of female support actually in fact I got I think quite the opposite um, where I felt quite ostracized and isolated in, in, in some of my management, earlier management and leadership roles. And even actually as a business owner, you know, it sounds really silly because you just kind of expect this in a playground, but, you know, entering a meeting room that actually was my meeting room, it was my business, and you have your female colleagues saying really nasty things about you behind your back. And you're like, hang on a minute, this is like, crazy you know why are we not supporting each other and uplifting each other in the way that we do so tell us a little bit more from your perspective why is that important to you it's important because it just is like it's I mean I know it's important yeah, it's just, but yeah. it's really hard to articulate it should be a given I think you know yeah. sisterhood and yeah. the way that we're wired it's for community mm -hmm. and, and so why wouldn't we be behaving in that way? Like yeah. it, it feels a bit alien to me yeah. that, um, you know, some do not want to see their colleagues, counterparts, you know, team members, bosses succeed. I think supporting each other is really, really important. I mean, I know not everybody is like that and not every, you know, people of will course. experience that. And some, some people will definitely get that sense of support and sisterhood as you've described. 
But I do find that most probably I would expect that a lot of people don't as well. And I think for me, um, going back to, you know, that sense of inclusion, being connected, being, being part of something. And I think that's what's really interesting. I think as I've got older, I found that more than perhaps when I did when I was younger. And it got me thinking, I suppose it just got me thinking as we've been talking here around that sense of competitiveness that sometimes you can get in that corporate world in particular around everybody, you know, trying to be seen as doing the right thing, being the the best, you know, they want to be the best, they want to be noticed. And so it can get a little bit cutthroat at times and a little bit kind of um, competitive. Would you agree with that? Yeah, certainly earlier on in my career, for sure. Um, for me, it's about not being in competition, actually. Yeah. Just focusing on me yeah. and not worrying about what everyone else is doing and actually cheerleading and championing when they are doing well, but certainly um, not displaying jealousy. So thinking about that then, because you mentioned also before around that sense of either getting a mentor, there'll be role models, there's those sponsorships. So having, having it feels to me like a bit of a team around you. And it's funny, I, I got told once, you know, well, the question I got asked was, who's on your bench? And it really struck me about how important it is to have those people who are, are going to cheerlead for you. As you said, perhaps even advocate on your behalf, even if you might not even be included in the meeting or invited into the, into the room in the first instance. And I think that is very important. Because you talked about two other things actually as well. So what struck me earlier on is this sense of that to be the leader and you need to believe in yourself and have self-belief. And you also need to trust yourself. Now, easier said than done though, right? Because that has to come from a deep place from within, I think. Tell me a little bit more around how you got that self-belief and how you started to trust yourself. It's like anything. The more you practice, the more it just becomes the way that it is. I love the quote by um, John C. I forget his surname. He says, a leader... A good leader knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Mm. So this notion of having a vision and following that vision and bringing those along with you on yeah. the path so that they can find their own. And then also John Amici, who is a, another great um, leader and influencer. He's absolutely amazing. He speaks about leading through tough times. Mm -hmm. So the analogy is of a torch and shining a torch to be able to see the next few steps. Mm. And then the lighthouse, which casts a broader yeah, light bigger, out yeah. there mm -hmm. so that people can see or that your team can see that they're moving in the right direction. So to answer your question around, you know, where this comes from, this inner belief, for me, it's about giving, mm. giving back. But also there is this, um, this thing about team and collective winning and progress. Mm. And so I believe that a sign of a good leader is the amount of leaders that they have that come up through the ranks as well. And I'm really, really fortunate that my current leader, so I ask this question um, sometimes, are you the leader that you always wish that you had? Yeah. And my current leader is exactly that. She yeah. is amazing. She's authentic. She's empathetic. 
smart, courageous, results-driven, a strong communicator, like all of those things. And it's so nice to be in her team, yeah, really, and getting to see some of those qualities and traits in action. Mm. And I think it must be nice being led by somebody like that as well, because it's somebody that you can connect with in, in a sense of that authenticity and that realness and honest honestness if that's the word but you know what I mean, I know what you yeah. mean. yes <laughs> so this leader that you wish you'd always had tell me more about that concept like with anything I believe in taking the best and leaving the rest well, taking what's good like yeah that. so I, I spoke about having a number of leaders in the space of a year um the fact that a couple of my male leaders were really supportive mm-hmm. Um, had one or two female managers that were not. One actually was just brilliant because she was also a mother and there was this unspoken thing between us, which that felt like a a breath of fresh air, which was, you know, really, really good for me. So I've been able to see what works, what I admire and take that but also ensure that those things that I felt were missing, I don't take on board. And so I've had a real good varied experience and we're human, I'm not perfect, no one is, Mm. but I do aspire to be that leader that I wish that I never had. That is my kind of barometer. So would they be the same qualities as your current leader? Or would they be different? Would you add any extra in? They actually would. Um, so tell me about those qualities. What would you? What would be in there in terms of that leader that you wish you'd always had? So transformation, mm-hmm. definitely, um, and also empathy. Yeah. So as I spoke about, you know, the parents on my team yeah. being understanding, but also this encouraging my team to be the best that they can be, um, you know, encouraging them to step outside of their comfort zone mm. so that they can really achieve what it is that they set out to achieve as well as the collective vision yeah. for the team. So empowerment. Because it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I hear a lot with female leaders, you know, talking about empowerment and, you know, we should be empowered. And, and you know, I think we somebody's not going to wave a magic wand and say, oh, Dion, you're empowered, you know, and somebody's not going to say the same to me because we have to get that from within, right? So so from your perspective, for those new, maybe new leaders coming through who maybe are less experienced, what advice would you give them around unlocking their own personal power? That's a good one. Well, I can speak from experience. Yeah, tell it, us, it's, yeah. yeah it's been about taking those courses, you know, working with coaches. I love the um, Jahari window. Mm. We have our open self, we have our blind self, you know, our closed self and the unknown as well. And so what aspects, like who can you work with? Who's on your bench to help you to realize your full potential? So whether that is through, been on like so many courses and seminars and read quite a a few books it's an ongoing learning process so having an appetite Mm. around your own growth to start with yeah but then surrounding yourself 
with people who can help you to get there. Yeah, that sounds, it feels really important. So there's something there about what I'm hearing then is take a moment to reflect upon maybe where you are now. These are my words, not yours, but that kind of sense of reflecting where you are now, but also investing, having a good team of people who are supporting you on your bench. And I suppose most probably really, you taught you, because you've talked a few times around authenticity. Yeah. And that vulnerability. And I, I, I think it's interesting because obviously most people are familiar with Brenny Brown and how she talks about vulnerability. But I, I would, obviously I concur and agree with all of that because I think vulnerability can be your greatest strength. It isn't a weakness. But I think when you're being true to yourself as an authentic leader, so you showing up as yourself every day, then it does allow you to show those other qualities, those things, more sensitive side of yourself, I suppose, or that more kind of vulnerable side. And so I'm curious around, you know, because we all know big organizations, there are lots of games that get played in big organizations at times. And I'm curious around you and how you stay steady to you, to your true self. Stay focused on what matters. Mm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, we have a sound strategy. Everyone's working towards a common goal. Don't get distracted. Yeah. You know, you concentrate and focus on what matters most and how you're going to get there. I think the rest is meaningless. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That sense of just staying focused on what matters. I think you're right. I think it, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, does it really? So you've got lots of experience. You're obviously growing in your role. You've invested a lot in your own development. Where do you see your role as a leader going as you move forward through 2023 and beyond? I see us growing as a team. Mm -hmm. And so expanding on what we're doing now and really raising the bar. Really fortunate this past year, we've exceeded our goals by substantial amounts. So Amazing. more of the same. And there's lots of excitement around the team for 2023 and what that will bring. Look, you know, we've got the economic headwinds, yeah. so it's not going to be easy. Quite a little bit tricky, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, just really being a beacon within the organization for what great looks like. Mm. I was going to say good, but Let's I think go the for team great. are good yeah, right now is what great. great looks like. So tell me about that, a beacon for, for greatness, I suppose. What are the things that we should be looking out for then if we're going to be great. Trying new things, daring to do things differently, you know, not um, doing the same thing to get mm. the same results. You know, um, it's that stretch. Mm. It's that test and learn and fail quickly. Marketing is changing at such a, a rapid rate. And so that ability to really stand out yep. is important. And my team... They do that. We all practice trying new things. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this year and yeah, see where it takes see you. See where it takes us. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So, look, so as we as we bring in our conversation to a close, just a couple more questions for you. I think when you look back on your journey, I'm keen to understand what's been your biggest learning so far. It sounds cliche but everything that you need is within you mm. right now. And we read it and we see it and it's hard to, it's hard to receive or internalize, mm. but it's true. Like when you go inwards and you assess 
what it is that makes you happy, what it is that you want, and you align yourself with opportunities and you stay true to who you are, most yeah. importantly, that is what makes all of the difference, in my view. And also, I love the saying around life being, you have to live life forwards mm. and you understand it backwards. So even those glitches or those moments where you feel that you're not achieving or mm -hmm. you're being a bit hard on yourself or things haven't worked out well, there's often a reason. So either there's growth in there or yeah. that opportunity wasn't for you. Yeah. But at the time, it just feels so, so huge. But you look back and you think, ah, oh, that all makes sense and yeah. that's why. So that feels to me very much then learning from your experiences. And I think, again, taking stock and reflecting. Because again, I think, I think in the modern world, and model kind of modern organizations, it's, it's very fast paced. It's really difficult sometimes to actually even take stock or even reflect. But the fact that you've said for you that the key thing that's led you to AR today is through that reflection, that development, that investment in, in, in yourself as a whole has helped you remain steady, true to yourself. But, but as you've said, you know, um, really got you to focus on actually what matters and just there just as you've just mentioned you said that actually don't criticize yourself and maybe don't judge yourself that's it's a big one it's huge so easy isn't that it was to a, do that was a learning curve yeah yeah because you know the the inner dialogue and the self-chatter sometimes it you know it hasn't been kind and yeah. i would never speak to you know friends or family or my team in the yeah. way that I've often chastised myself. So mm -hmm. just checking how, you know, how we, we speak to ourselves is so important. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I think a lot of that then will lead to that place of empowerment, won't it? Because, and, and to really draw down on your, your personal power so you can have that greatness, that beacon of greatness, I like that. But I think it's interesting because I think we can be very quick to judge. And I suppose what I'm also what I've also heard you say then is that if we have that good network, that good support structure, if we lift each other up where there is less judgment and more support instead, then that also means we can not only do that for others, but we can actually also do that for ourselves yes, as well. Hundred percent. And it is oftentimes how we receive others isn't necessarily, you know, how they feel about you. So going back to the, you know, women supporting women, yeah. but sometimes it's a reflection of how individuals are feeling within, within themselves. themselves. Mm. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, if we are less judgmental when it comes to ourselves, we're less judgmental of others. And I think then, you know, we yeah. can lift each other up. And I actually think that's a really good piece of advice actually, because I think sometimes you don't necessarily appreciate what that other person is going through, how they're feeling. They might be feeling really vulnerable or they might be feeling like an imposter. And that imposter syndrome is huge, isn't it? You know, and, and they might have just had a really bad a day, day, a really rotten day. Or, you know, it could be who knows what's going on. And I think sometimes we are quite quick to judge rather than to support. And I think I wonder if we were to take a different mindset and a different approach to actually think, well, I wonder what she's going through today that's maybe made her behave that way towards me yeah. and to see it more with empathy and compassion and kindness rather than judgment and criticism i wonder if that would really make a shift 
I think so. And taking time out as well to ask the question and to be present, right? But even simple things like, I don't know about you, but, you know, are you okay? Precisely. You know, we don't ask that question very often. (laughs) And I love that now it's followed up by, are you really okay? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's really important. Are you really okay? Because I think, again, it's very easy when we're caught up in the doing to say, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I think if we are really wanting to show up as that real, true, authentic leader who has empathy, vulnerability, and all of those qualities that you've mentioned earlier on in our conversation, then I think sometimes you you have to go that one step further with a question. Lovely. So out of everything you've talked about and where you are now on your journey, what has been the most insightful or the biggest awareness, wake-up call, insight that you've had that you think will be worth sharing with our listeners? That it's a a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And that no two journeys are the same. And stay focused on you and your goal. Don't get distracted by, you know, who's in your lane on the left and on the right. Have blinkers on in terms of what it is that you're going for stay the course I think that would be my bit of advice yeah I really like that stay the course because I think you can easily wobble and I think the fact that if you're too busy looking to the left and to the right of you when you're concerned what's going on in other lanes you do lose track of what you want and 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 I think that is a really important piece of advice wow so much advice So much um, great information. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been really great talking to you. Love being here. Yeah. So, Dion, where can people find you? Do you have uh, any socials that you could share with us that might be of interest to our listeners? Yes. um, You can find me on LinkedIn, Dion Aiken, although there's two of us. (laughs) There's two Dion Aikens. So, Dion Aiken, based in London, UK. All right, so that's where our listeners can find you. And thank you so much for such an illuminating conversation. It's been awesome. Thank you. So what a great conversation that has been with Dion. Um, I love Dion's philosophy around investing in yourself and the work that she's done on herself from very early on in her career as a female leader. She's invested in coaching, she's had mentoring, she's really developed herself to get where she needed to get to. And I know that that journey is not over for Dion. What also struck me about the conversation is that it is okay to be vulnerable. It is really, in fact, important to show that vulnerability, to support people around their vulnerability as a leader, because that old fashioned leadership really doesn't exist anymore. And our people are wanting to be led and managed in different ways. I like the fact that she said, you know, to be the leader that I always had wished I'd had. And I I love that concept of tuning into yourself, understanding what your skills are, what your capabilities are, what your qualities are, what you bring to the table as a leader, and really focusing on that self-belief and trusting in self. The other thing I like there, just as she finished, was those really great piece of advice of stay in your lane and keep yourself focused. It actually doesn't matter what's going on around you. Just keep yourself true to yourself and to your vision and actually focus on what's important. The rest of the stuff is just background noise. 
So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I certainly did. And you know where to get hold of Dion if you want some more tips on her leadership and how she leads her people. Thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it equally as much as I did. Mm -hmm.